0: This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast.
1: Hello, Zach here, and we have an awesome guest on the podcast today, very timely. Jeremy Rob, who is a Senior Director of Economic and Industry Insights at Cox Automotive, and we're going to be talking about what's going on in the used car marketplace in 2024. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
0: Absolutely, Zach. Great to be here. I'm happy to join you today.
1: So as an icebreaker, could you share with us the journey getting into the automotive industry and what sparked your interest
0: in this field? Absolutely. It has been a zigzag, not a straight line, uh, if you will. You know, I I started my career off. um, I I have a degree in economics and I worked in the financial services world uh, for the first part of my career. And then um, in 2010, I ended up working for a subprime automobile insurance company, uh, which was really interesting. uh, Looking at, you know, how people uh, went about and got insurance in the subprime world. Uh, for automotive uh, products, um, and, and then I got a call from Nissan asking me if I would come uh, join there, I guess, in 2012 now. So I worked at Nissan for about seven years, um, ended up as the head of finance for NMAC, or Nissan's captive finance company um, in the United States, and then uh, my last role there, I, I ran remarketing uh, for Nissan and Infiniti in the U.S. and Canada, Selling, you know, all the off lease product, repossessions, corporate vehicles, and and things like that. And in that role, um, I was introduced to Mannheim and Cox Automotive, and I learned that I really liked the used car business. Uh, that it was really dynamic and super interesting, and uh, you know, not as incentive uh, driven. And it, and and it's a lot larger, right, than the the new car market overall. And uh, some people that I had worked with pretty closely had moved over to Cox, and they talked to me for a while and said, "You know, you should really think about coming and working here." And uh, I joined Cox almost six years ago, um, and most of my time that I've spent there, I've been working um, in kind of consulting roles uh, for clients and and our internal, you know, executive teams and our finance team, strategy team, uh, kind of pulling all together all of the ex- experience and. Ex- expertise I have in the automotive space and and tying that together with our business units that we have and trying to build interesting stuff that happens and we look at in the industry.
1: That's really exciting. It sounds like you've touched so many different parts of the used car marketplace and your background. And if we were to look at 2023, what were some of the most unexpected developments you observed in the automotive market and how did they compare to your initial predictions?
0: yeah it's a it's a good comment you know 2023 I talked about it uh, publicly a lot and what I said and people and and I kind of called it the year of volatility and and I I say volatility I mean that on both the upside and the downside volatility doesn't necessarily have to mean just it's negative it just things happen differently than what you thought was going to happen you know Um, we started the year out. When we ended 2022, um, used retail dealers, their inventory was pretty low. Um, sales uh, started off strong in early uh, 2023. And you know when sales start off strong and, and dealers aren't quite prepared for that, um, they come to the auction and they start bidding on cars and that pushes prices up. And prices went higher than we thought they were going to faster in the year than they would. And then as we moved throughout the year, you know, we kind of got into the summer and things started going down a little bit more than we thought. And we had some more ebbs and flows as the years went on. So volatility was really one of the things that that happened out there um, that that we weren't really you know, expecting as much of. Um, I would say, too, another thing, uh, look at the new vehicle marketplace, you know, new vehicle supply continued to grow. Uh, in 2023 and we actually ended the year at levels of supply that we hadn't seen going back to kind of the early earlier parts of 2021 Um, and incentives came back too and we all thought they would start to come back um, but they were a little slow uh, initially at first to come back they ended the year up you know a lot higher than they had been a year ago but, you know, I don't want to misconstrue it. In new vehicle incentives, while they're higher than they were a year ago, they're still not where they were, you know, kind of pre-pandemic levels uh, over for the market overall. So that's an important part to make. And then uh, lastly, I would just say, you know, interest rates. Uh, we knew rates were higher when we, we ended 2022, but they continued to go higher. And they really didn't come back off of that. Until the latter, you know, the, the last month of 2023, is expectations that the Fed might cut rate um, in 2024 uh, came on board and, and just so important to the uh, retail automotive space. Uh, you know, there's tons of vehicles that are financed. Um, it's, you know, second uh, most valuable thing most people will buy other than a home. And so when rates are really high and they're high relative to what people have been used to. And that slows activity down. So, so rates were really kind of a chokehold on the marketplace and consumers last year. Definitely agree. And you touched on volatility.
1: And speaking of volatility, can you discuss the latest trends you've highlighted in the Mannheim Market Insights series, especially in terms of used vehicle values?
0: Absolutely. You know, volatility, like that's where we see it when we're talking about values. I mean, we track values every week. Um, you know, for the market overall uh, by age, by segment, things like that. And we know, you know, generally speaking, how those move and kind of why they move the way they do. So when we start to see, you know, movements that are outside of what would be kind of normal before, uh, you know, piques our interest a little bit. So uh, in, you know, in September of this past year with those UAW strikes, we got a little bit of a lull with used vehicle values and they went you know, sideways for a bit before they started declining again. And we kind of expected they would decline again and they did. Um, but as we got into December, uh, normally December flattens off uh, a good bit for the year. Um, you know, Things slow down a little bit. There are some dealers that come out there, they start buying inventory, getting ready for the spring selling season early, take advantage of some of those prices. Um, but we didn't see that. And that was two years in a row that we saw December be a bit weaker seasonally than what's normal. So um, that was something that was a little different too. Um, One of the things, you know, that we have to talk about, I think, and I I bring up in some of the series, i say is like, what is the new normal? We we are talking about prices, what's normal. We're going to be more normal. Uh, Generally speaking, we're talking about uh, 2019 and before. Um, But, you know, I think that normal is a relative term and, and what we're looking at is to see things we think make more sense um, because we're probably not going to get back exactly to where we were um, before that time period. Um, one of the things too um, we were talking about a little bit before the show started that, mm. that come up a lot are use EV values, uh, you know, and um, we've talked a lot about the, what we call the waterfall impact and, and pricing effect which basically means the new car sets the highest price in the marketplace on like a, a, you know, year, make, model valuation. And so that new car, if it goes up or down, it'll drag the one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old along with it. And last year, when we saw uh, new EV uh, pricing changes, specifically for Tesla and and a few others too, you know, that has a, a real impact on wholesale and used vehicle values uh, that are tied to that, and that was something that impacted the market, but um, quite a bit last year. So, what
1: role do you see data playing in the future of the auto industry decision making, and how does Cox help dealers leverage this data?
0: Yeah, uh, there's a newer commercial out. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, it's a. I think it's a. It's a Salesforce commercial, and I think Matthew McConaughey's in it. But yes, a line yeah. in it. It's like data. Data Does that make data the new gold? You know, um, I think that's truer now uh, than ever before. We we live in a world, there's big data. We talk about that, you know, um, executives, um, industries, clients, businesses, everybody wants data. They want insights and they want to use that to make decisions. And it makes total sense. You know, um, we field constant questions about our data and how we use that and how that's maybe different from uh, others in the industry or what people are saying or clarifying questions about it. Um, you know, cause everybody's out there trying to um, make sense of all the data they have at their fingertips through the web or, or other business publications and, and looking at that. Um, but we talk to uh, you know, clients and, and people around the industry all the time. Um, I think one of the things you have to think about with using data and this is me coming from my role where I use a ton of it, right? Is that, but on its own, data really isn't that useful. It's just a number, you know, kind of telling you things. So you you have to figure out how to apply the data and the business behind it, the business decisions that have gone in to give you that data point behind it to make the most sense of it. Um, and that's re- where you really get a lot of leverage out of using uh, data is to understand, you know, the business and the data combined and and put those two together.
1: So given your background with companies like Nissan, Cox Automotive, how do you approach forecasting in such a dynamic sector and especially recently with so many unprecedented market events?
0: Yeah, I, I would say it's hard. <laughs> That'd be the first answer You know, and and, uh, I've learned from 20 years of experience in trying to do this in different industries is uh, exercise some humility. Uh, There is is something that that can really be helpful. Another thing that can be helpful too is maybe, you know, to work with some scenarios. So instead of saying, you know, I think this is going to happen next year, you know, I might say, well, the trend would say, next year might do this, right? Well, let's create an upside scenario and a downside scenario to that. And then let's go talk about it with people that have informed you know, opinions about what's going on. <clears throat> and from there, you might say, okay, well, from a probability scenario, um, you know, weighting system, I might apply more probability to this playing out than this one, but I'm kind of looking at, you know, different things together to say, like, get myself and my business ready to, you know, react to whatever might happen. Um, on top of that, you got to know you can be wrong. You know, I, I, when COVID first hit, uh, one of the things I was supposed to do was look at like where lease returns may may come in, and you yeah. know, I was totally wrong. I mean, I didn't think about or understand how important individual transportation was going to be to people, coupled with the fact. That um, you know, vehicle production was was highly curtailed, and what that would do to values and lease returns, and so you know, you can be off by a mile uh, sometimes, and especially in scenarios like that. So you start to kind of going through those. You step back and you look at like where the pendulum is. You know, eventually it's going to swing back, but but when it does, it doesn't always mean you're at the same port, place you were before you know, you may need to, to reevaluate and rethink. Um, But both of the, you know, Cox and Nissan um, are big companies. And so they had, they had just had troves of information that I could use. And we tried to do things like seasonalize impacts, you know, that's a, that's an important Mm -hmm. business that's really important in the automotive industry Uh, used and new. They work a little bit differently, but you got to know that. And just, Try to see if there's real movement somewhere, if there's cause and effect, or if it's more from a seasonal standpoint, and really, you know, always be putting in your brain, like there's something physically out there that's making the data do this, right? And, and think of what that is, and try to peel the onion back to understand what that point is. And that really helps you, um, I think, make better decisions when you're looking into the future. Very insightful.
1: Speaking of insights, could you share your insights on how the recent economic climate is impacting auto loan defaults
0: and repossessions. Yeah, sure. That's a, it's a question that we get a lot um, uh, at Cox, especially related to repos and, and things like that. And, and I feel, so, um, you know, the overall economy has definitely slowed down in the past two years, um, but it still has positive growth out there. So we're seeing some real impacts uh, from that slowdown, And then there's also a lot of worry about what could happen, you know, and and we've been going through that worry, I would say, for two, two and a half years now about what could happen from the post-pandemic highs. Um, When you think about auto loan defaults and repossessions, a lot of what you need to think about is like, well, what type of equity is in a vehicle loan? Um, And we have um, some analytics that we use that measures that specifically. But when we look at what happened in 2022, you think about, in 2021, we had really high vehicle appreciation, and so consumers went out there. If they purchased a like a used vehicle in 2021, they were paying a higher, uh, you know, amount for that vehicle, but their interest rate was lower. However, we got to the second half of 2022, values dropped a lot every week in 2022, and in 2023, values dropped. Uh, Uh, Again, in 2023, not as much as they did in 2022, but more than what we would see in a a normal year, you know. And so those value declines, that really pushes down the collateral on a car loan. It's putting consumers in a more negative equity position. Once that occurs, you know, uh, those loans could definitely move uh, into a default or repo um, a little bit more Um, and and higher interest rates, too. You know, a lot of people don't think about this, but it actually does push out the amortization of a loan a little bit more. Not, not a ton. Uh, it's about six months, you know, kind of what I've modeled. But what we see, you think about it, um, a repo default, a lot of times that happens in the first, you know, 18 to 24 months of a loan. Right. So so that matters earlier in the life of the loan. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there's still positive job growth. The unemployment rate is still very low for the economy as a whole. That means people have income uh, regularly and if they have a job and they have income, they're going to want to keep that car to keep getting them to work. Um, And that's a positive thing. And so that that's kind of a a counter that keeps maybe defaults and repossessions from not really going back as high um, as what a lot of people have thought over the past year or so.
1: So, In your view, how is the increasing focus on EVs more broadly affecting the
0: traditional used car market? It's a good question. Uh, You know, EVs are, I I think in in my role, it takes up 30 or 40% of all the questions we get are around EVs. And and it's it's so dynamic, you know, new car to used car EVs and how they relate with ICE vehicles. Um, when you think about technology, you know vehicles have had advancing technology for years, um, and a lot of technology impacts the value of what the car is. But but I think there's some nuance to that. You know, you think about something like a safety camera, right? When that came out, when when a safety camera was first put into a new vehicle, um, and that tech does that make that car? Did it make that car more valuable then? Or did it decrease the value of other units that were older and they didn't have that technology in them? And I think that's the thought process that we have to go through kind of with, with EV and the tech and the battery um, and, and measuring battery health um, that we have. There are tools out there that help us measure battery health and uh, provide that information. And information is always going to be welcome um, from a consumer and for a, a seller too. You know, it's going to make consumers more confident in, in bidding. It's going to make sellers more confident in selling, you know, a unit versus one that doesn't have um, that kind of uh, background to it. Um, and so it just you have to think about having that information and the data that's provided there. And if you have it right, it, it probably makes your transaction or your vehicle more valuable than the ones that don't have it. And so. I always advise our clients that, that we work with like, you know if we can get this and, and share battery health um, kind of out there for clients uh, industry, for consumers, you know I think that's going to have a big a big um, impact on on not only like adoption, but but peace of mind, right for people too, and, and definitely help facilitate the buying and selling of, of EVs.
1: And Jeremy, can you provide any advice for used car dealers on how they could optimize their inventory and manage customer price expectations in today's market?
0: Sure. You know, I mean, dealers are smart. They're, you know, entrepreneurial. They're always looking to do what they can. Um, And in my world, we use a lot of software and tools like that. And I would say that's one of the biggest thing a dealer can do is to be smart. There are tools that are developed that will help you sell um, better uh, and and help customers out. And if you use them, um, you know, that's going to be to your advantage. We have a, a host of those products at Cox. Many of them are, are pretty well known. Um, they're designed to increase the turn rate and throughput. You know, they may lower your cost of acquisition, um, help maximize margins and, and specifically help out dealers. One example of that is our Profit Time GPS product. You know, it's a velocity management tool that we have. It, it takes core fundamentals of of selling cars and helps to achieve a better ROI for dealers. And, and I think that's something that you know um, that would help not only the the salesperson, the dealership itself, and it helps you manage the whole you know portfolio of of vehicles you have at your uh, dealership. Um, and then finally, I would say, you know, listen to consumers. They have more information than they've ever had before uh, researching it. A lot of times they have an idea of what they, they really want. Um, you know. And um, the people that work at dealerships, they're there they're to help sell and also facilitate those transactions. And so the more they can solve for the wants and needs of a consumer, uh, really the better off everybody's going to be from that.
1: And as we gear up for 2024, based on the current economic indicators and market dynamics, what predictions can you share with us on the trajectory of the used car marketplace?
0: And, you know, uh, 2023 uh, was a bit more normal overall, what we saw in the industry, especially relative to 2021 and 2022. And we expect more of that uh, this year in 2024. Um, It's not going to be what it was back in 2019 and our, you know, pre-pandemic normals, but we're moving in the right direction. Uh, one of the things I would say to really keep your eye on um, that, and as it relates to used is what happens with new uh, car e- inventory from OEMs over the past several years, they've really said they want to focus on right-sizing supply, even as they continue to grow back towards, you know, pre-pandemic levels, um, you know, not overly incentivize, uh, products and then the question is, will they? Right or who will? Uh, in in that uh, realm, uh, I worked for an OEM. I uh, I worked actually in manufacturing finance for a while and kind of saw you know differences between the manufacturing side of the house and the sales side of the house. And there are big decisions that get made uh, for all those OEMs. So you have to watch not just what they say, um, but what they're going to do. And if supply keeps growing you know, inventory is going to grow. And with that, incentives will grow too. And incentives pick up, uh, we will see an impact on the the used uh, vehicle value market.
1: Well said. And two-part question for my last question. So the first one's for the dealer audience. And that's one, what's one piece of advice you'd offer to dealers to navigate the challenges or potential challenges in 2024? And then the second part of the question is, as we look through the rest of the year, what are some key developments, conferences that Cox Automotive is going to be involved in that dealers should be excited about? I know, of course, NADA is upcoming as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, on the first question about you know navigating, um, I'd say be nimble. You know, our industry changes fast, the market moves fast, and one of the things that we really have to keep in our mind, um, and it may not be as apparent to everybody living a day to day, is that really used market supply is still relatively tight. Um, that inventory level is not back to where it was before. Um, the supply inputs have been curtailed from that lack of new vehicle sales over the last couple of years in production. Um, and we're going to be living with that for the next several years. Um, and when you have tighter uh, markets and, su- and supply overall, you know, things can happen fast. So so be nimble. Um, we look into 2024, you know, Um, Cox, we're we're going to be at all the big conferences, you know, um, Car Used Car Week, NADA, all of that, you know, representing there. Um, Happy to talk and share everything that we can with people. Um, One of the things we continue to work on with Cox is Cox. Cox is an automotive is a really large business, and it's made up of companies that are large businesses on their own. If you're talking about Mannheim or Dealer Track or Kelly Blue Book or auto trader and, you know combining all of those under one roof takes time for the audience and internally you know your your resources to get to know that and we've been working on becoming Cox Automotive and bringing ourselves to our dealers and our clients like that and i think we're you know closer than ever about that and it it provides more clarity to people that we work with and uh, we're actually able to solve a lot more problems than we we have in the past so we're just, Focus focuses ever on innovation, you know, keeping that alive. Uh, we know competition's always coming around the corner in the industry, and, and this is a really dynamic market, and it's a great market um, and, and industry to be in, and we're happy to, to be there and to try to help clients along the way and solve as many problems as we can.
1: Very exciting, Jeremy. And I've learned so much on this podcast today. You've really got me up to speed on what happened in 2023 in terms of the used car marketplace and then some predictions and what's ahead for 2024. So great episode for our audience. Thanks, Jeremy, for coming on today.
0: Thanks, Zach. I appreciate you having me here.